This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Uh, Yay. You want to just dive right into the topics when we start? Or do you want to kind of ease into it? Hmm. Hmm. We could just ease into it. What do you want to talk about? I don't know. I don't want to talk about World of Warcraft. Nobody wants to hear what I have to say. Let's talk about World of Warcraft. No. Yeah, let's, talk, no. let's talk about WoW and how you're huh? trying to get everyone back into it. No, I love no. that game. <laughs> I'm not trying to get anybody back into it. I just enjoy it. Oh, are, are you going to buy the Final Fantasy movie now that it's out digitally? Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's out digitally? Yep, you can buy it on the PlayStation Store right now for $15. Oh, goodness. Come on, guys. It's like, Do it. Huh. No, I'm not going. <laughs> the Rotten Tomatoes score is 7%. Really? Yeah, but that's critics. IMDb is a 7. And the Metacritic is 35. <laughs> but that's, is that critic or fans? Uh, critics. Yeah, see? That's pretty bad. The New York Times. This spin-off from the story of a magical kingdom besieged by an evil empire is too ludicrous for words. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is what we're going to start with. We're going to start with this Kingsglaive thing. Should I get my wife in here? She just, she's going to be recording a podcast soon about Kingsglaive. <laughs> no, we don't have to. We just, <laughs> we just talk about it, even though we haven't see, but, seen it. See, but did you see the user score on Metacritic? It's at 8.1 for user score. Yeah, that's because he's... Well, weeaboos, let's be honest. <laughs> We're giving it yeah. a 10 out of 10. <laughs> and then there's one guy who gives it a 6 because he's a fan of the series. And it's like 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 7, 7, 10, yeah. 10, 10, 5, 10, 9, 10. It can't possibly be that good. He's like, guys, I am such a fan of the series. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> I'm waiting for Warcraft to be coming out because from the people I know who saw it said it's actually pretty good. Best movie ever. Warcraft has a worse meta score if you're curious. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not curious. Yeah. Not at all. Like, I know I think at least two people who saw it and they said that they actually liked it. That was pretty good. I think yeah, I like, like Dungeons and Dragons, so it doesn't matter. I think Wait. if you're familiar <laughs> with it, it would be something you would enjoy. Which Wayans brother was in that movie? I was going to say, was that the Wayans brother one? That's all yeah. I remember was a Wayans was, brother one being in Dungeons. It was so Dungeons. awesomely bad. Oh, man, look at this. Zero. <laughs> zero and a couple of reviewers. A depressing experience. <laughs> for, dun for Dungeons and Dragons or Warcraft? No, Warcraft. <laughs> oh. Nothing can be better than in, in the Name of the King with Jason Statham. Oh, it's hard to be worse than that. Isn't Michael yeah. Madsen in that movie? Yes, I bet you he is. I've also heard of Blood uh, Blood Rain's pretty bad. Yeah, Uwe Ball movies. <laughs> the budget on In the Name of the King is $60 million. That can't possibly be true. Oh, yeah, totally true. He also did Postal. <laughs> Best movie ever. How, how does th this man, how does he get money? Like, who keeps wanting them to do franchises was it warcraft when they talked about whether uwe bowl will do it and i think blizzard said no we're not letting him near our film <laughs> go away yeah the problem with the warcraft movie though is that it sucked right 
and yet they keep doing all these Overwatch shorts, and they're amazing. Uh, the problem so, with Warcraft is that it's a movie that is trying to like jam in way too much story into a single film that is two and a half hours long. Yeah. Well, I've also heard that like the actual human actors that are in it like aren't that good. Yeah, but the heard. orcs are much better at it. Right? Yeah, here the orcs are better. That doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> hey, but now Warcraft is like the most pot, like the highest grossing uh, video game movie of all time. Yeah, because of China. That's right. Because of China. <laughs> hey, it's better. Th it's better than Resident Evil. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, the first two Resident Evil movies I liked. Third was okay, and then just started getting really bad after that. Yeah, but they're they're good kind of bad. Like they know they're bad, so it's okay. Wow. Yeah, but I think Resident Evil. I think it was the one. <sighs> Might have been the fourth one. Like the first one in 3D was like the only movie I actually wanted to get up at and leave the theater. This Final Fantasy movie looks amazing. It looks pretty. I'd watch it. Yeah, wouldn't we all? <laughs> <laughs> we should talk Zach into it and see what he thinks. Like, I need. Like, I mean, isn't the DVD version coming out with the. Um, uh, is it special edition, limited edition, collector's uh, edition? What are they? Yeah, it comes with the collector's edition for free, but the movie itself comes out on Blu ray October 4th. Okay, so it's coming out separately. You can buy it digitally now. What a weird! Why didn't they just get it in theaters? I don't understand. I don't know. I guess it got extended another week in theaters too. So like, it's making money in theaters, and people keep wanting to see it. It's okay. So it's coming out October fourth on Blu-ray. Hmm. But it, but now you have to like, if you bought the deluxe edition, you have to wait because you already bought the movie. Mm-hmm. That's like. I, this release schedule makes no sense. <laughs> it's a multi-million dollar company. We're a multi-billion dollar company and we can't figure out how to release things. That's because... So, what's with the deal with people not uh, wanting to pledge allegiance to the flag? You mean uh, Colin Kaepernick? Yeah, I, uh, Rachel Held Evans, who is quite interesting. She's got a quote on Twitter. It says the early church would be utterly baffled by the idea that future Christians would shame someone for not swearing allegiance to the empire. The empire? Yeah, I guess he came out and talked about it. It said it was nothing to do against like the military or anything like that, which people are making it about. Oh, but it's more, all about that. But more about like his stance on like other things and oh, the man. internet is just going like really, really, really at him for it. So what was this about the, the football dude? Yeah, he sat during the national anthem because of like you all the that. injustice, like with like black lives and everything like that. And till like things get changed, like he was just sitting and people are wanting him to be fired, like kicked out of the NFL. And he's a piece of crap for sitting during the national anthem. And he's disrespecting all the military and people who fought for that flag. And what was this guy's name? Like, like... Colin Kaepernick. Okay. Well, okay. So here's my opinion on it. What does he do for a living? He's a football player. He makes money. And uh, how important is it that people play football? Very. Very. So if he wants to, like, sit his butt down, right, and not not pledge the flag, it's his right not to. That's what Whatever. some people are talking. They're like, you know, they also fought for the right for you not to, you know, to do this. But whatever. Yeah, which is, 
like fine. Like, I don't, I don't get. It. So the man wants to kind of like expose his per personal opinion to a bunch of people, which is like, whatever. <laughs> Pretty much. I guess he's experienced kind of the whole like being judged because he's half white, half black. Oh was, I guess he talked about like one time he was helping like friends move and like a bunch of cops showed up one time and just pulled a bunch of guns on him. Huh. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I can understand that. But uh, I, I just don't see why it's like super important that we talk about this guy who is a football player who didn't stand up during a national anthem. I mean, I'm sure that's happened in a bunch of places across the United States today. It's just that a famous yeah. football player didn't do it. Yeah, it's it's because we're so divided right now that people want to find anything and just run with it and hate the other side. Yeah, or as I would say. Uh, our political discourse is being run by two lying septuagenarians with health problems. <laughs> Truth. Oh yeah, just wait till we start getting to October and we can start getting into political talk in TGU. Yeah, we've literally, like, nobody running for president has discussed policy at all for the past, like, two months. Yeah, well, what? Tomorrow, I think Trump's talking about immigration, I think, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, by not saying much of anything. Which is kind of how this whole thing has gone on down. But it's fine. It's yeah. fine. It's just showing that we basically don't talk about policy yeah. when, it, when it comes down to it. Well, the first debate, I think, is in two weeks. Yay. Oh, man, I'm excited. Yeah, isn't it on a Monday, though? Like, didn't they not move it because it's going up against Monday Night Football and no one's going to watch it because they're going to be watching football? <laughs> uh, I, I'm not sure. I think it's pretty soon. Because I remember, I think they were talking, they were upset because it was during Monday Night Football, and since no one's going to watch it, no one's going to see what they're all talking about. Okay, so the first one is Monday, September 26th. So, how is Christian not a genre? Okay, uh, um. Nathan wrote an article about this in that was linked in TGU, if I remember. Yes. In it, he discusses whether or not, or why... Christianity has become a, a genre of media or film or, you know, Watch music. Out. But, like, in some sense, Christian is less like a thing that is just kind of characterizing whole work and more like a general marketplace descriptor. So is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, my first point of view is, like, if you slap the Christian tag on something, you're automatically confined to a box that you have to work in yeah so let's say you're with a christian record label right christian quote unquote that means like they sell christian music so naturally you're going to be lumped in with christian musicians now obviously in some way you're making music for people who are christians but if you want to be evangelical in any sense you don't want to have that label on you you just want to be like a band or you can even think of it like a movie. If you want to make a movie, unless you're selling specifically to a Christian subgroup, you don't want it to be called a Christian movie because by default, you're limiting the audience of that movie. And I think obviously that's a little bit problematic because now Christian is less about the faith and about actual religion and more about like a thing to sell to people. Well, and that tag could turn people off. Like, if they see Christian, then they can automatically just cast it off because they don't want anything to do with it. Yeah, like DC Talk. DC yeah. Talk is like, Jesus Freak is one of the name of their albums. 
you know, that's fine. If you're making something that's like forthrightly Christian and you don't want to be labeled a Christian artist, well, you're just going to have to deal with that. But I think it's problematic when you start getting into this is like, here is music for Christian consumption only or stuff that's only for Christian consumption. Usually it tends to be worse. <laughs> yeah, I think Nate brought that up in the article too, is when you look at the people making all the Christian stuff, whether it be movies or music, it's just, it's a step below like everything else that's out there when it's in that limited palette and they're always like a step behind. So they're always doing previous fads that no one cares about anymore. Yeah, they're aping things that already exist. Yeah. How does and, that vary though? I mean, you, we have country music, right? Yes. You have, you have rock music, which is again a classification. Okay. And then all of a sudden we slap a Christian label on it. What's what's wrong with that? It's just kind of weird. Like, is Christian a genre? Apparently. Well, okay, so let's do a thought experiment, right? Just think about like if something is Christian, right? What what would be the defining characteristics of a of Christian music? Assuming Safe for the whole family. I guess you have to sing about Jesus. Kinda, maybe. Kind or or illusions or allegories revolving think, around that. But I like a lot of Christian bands, depending on what musical. Let, let's just use music. Music is the easiest example it, for Christian. Yes. Stuff. Uh, but based on where you are at, like the spectrum of Christian music, the Jesusness. <laughs> <laughs> of the thing in itself is kind of more overt or less overt, depending. So on one end, right, you got gospel stuff. You know, it's, yes. it's or worship music, right? Forthrightly, pro-Jesus, whatever. doesn't matter whether it's kind of rock or it's kind of like hymns or it's kind of like that. All that stuff. It's kind of in this all one category. But as you kind of move further down the spectrum to stuff that's not going to be in your church on a Sunday, to like rock music, rap uh, metal, whatever subgenre metal, um, I don't know, weirdo well, stuff. <laughs> it when, gets a little harder to see the uh, Christian elements due to uh, the conventions of those kinds of things, like metalcore, for example. Yeah. It, it, it's still kind of in this mode of being a metalcore band, right? Or something like that. And But it has kind of like vaguely Christian <laughs> lyrics that could be interpreted any way you want. Well, and when you get into the genres of music, it's more the genres are there to pretty much separate the sound or how songs are structured. And you toss Christian on it. That's the, the only reason what's separating it is the lyrics and no other genre really does that. I mean, you could sing about really, death and really, a rock and roll. Song. No, country music, though, does that. But country music is also sort of, you know, it's got a distinguished sound with its twang and like country acoustic guitars and the way that it does it. I mean, yeah, they have their constant themes, but, you know, it's it doesn't have to be about it. I mean, it used to be back in the day, like the way they sang about being outlaws and everything. And now they just sing about, you know, trucks and partying and everything. I mean, they've changed their lyrics over the time and they haven't changed it to, you know, party country. <laughs> okay, so are we uh, comparing like, okay, so country music is a genre and Christian music, mm -hmm. let's say, is a genre, right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. country music is kind of a weird blend of folk, blues, and Western stuff. Yeah. It depends on what type we're talking. Yeah. It can have distinctive instrumentation, though. Like Also the, gospel elements. Yeah. And the banjos 
in yeah. stuff you aren't going to find in most other music genres unless you're looking for the weird folk stuff. Yeah. Like, like fiddles, harmonicas. This is, you know, or hillbilly stuff. <laughs> <laughs> not to not to use a pejorative term. But uh, I guess you could say that it's similar to the way that we kind of describe stuff as Christian, right? Because a lot of the country stuff is all-encompassing of a lot of different genre styles. But I, I don't think country ever goes as far as to be outside of uh, general popular listening habits. Like, it's never going to be like country metal. There isn't really that much of that, if it exists at all. <laughs> Hank Williams the third. There you go. Okay, but but if you look at it i mean if we start defining stuff by lyrics so you got like you know like death metal and everything you, you know people can sing about death and a lot of other things we don't call it like death rock or death country you know it's more yeah it started off with a lot of singing about that and a lot of singing about gore but now it's just mostly attributed to the sound like lyrical content doesn't really have that much of an effect on it anymore yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking about like delineating between like death metal and basically any other metal with screaming in it. <laughs> yeah. Screamo or like uh, metalcore or, um, yeah. And that. It's hard that, to differentiate between those because it's mostly a subgenre of a subgenre. Oh, yeah. Because you can just get into metalcore and just see how they pretty much come from melodic death metal and ripping off at the gates, but then also hardcore music and regular metal and it's just this big amalgamation of things and we're getting to the point where there's way too many genres <laughs> yeah. okay so so how do you guys feel about a christian video game hmm. you think there's baggage with that see i think this is where this labeling of stuff as christian gets tough mm -hmm. if i think that the problem is that we're trying to define a like genre as a thing in itself so if we were to call something Christian, it would have X, Y, Z elements. Whereas, I mean, what, reality, what comes to mind though? There's a lot more crossover though. But but when we we're talking about a Christian as a genre, we're talking specifically about content. I mean, automatically, you know, there's no language in it, right? I mean, it it boils down to what's in it. You know, it's safe for the whole family, as the radio taglines say. But doesn't you know? It's it's. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the thing. I mean. If you, I mean, it's hard not to go back to music, but if you look at like Christian metal, you, the way that they talk about things, it's all from it, the devil, Brandon. It, I, it is. We've yep. been struggling with that for years. We're still fighting that battle. It's okay. But they can get more aggressive and they sing about m different topics that don't get presented that you hear on like the regular CCM where they stick to their, you know, mostly about love and the overcoming challenges, but. You know, you can get people singing about abortion or, uh, you know, just things going on in the world, like the shootings that, that have been happening, like the bad clan or something like that, you know, mm -hmm. and they're able to take that more aggression and sing about things that just don't get put into a, a regular topic that's, you know, projected towards families or just, you know, more of just like, hey, we're singing about Jesus. <laughs> yeah, we're singing about Jesus. I don't think uh, mentioning Jesus would be the default categorization of something that would be called Christian. And I guess that would include music, video games, and or movies. But also, I think Christian is something that we label things with in order to categorize them in some way. 
like just to say, "Lo, this is a Christian thing. You're not gonna like it." <laughs> That's where so it's Christian game hard, because so, huh? So you think that that doesn't necessarily need to be Jesus for that to actually be considered like Christian? Um. Well, I mean, that's kind of how Christian works as a descriptor now, right? Yeah, because that's what everyone wants to say. Or kind of like, uh, you know, leading people to salvation, evangelical in nature sort of thing. You, I mean, you've seen Christian movies. Most of them are not really into anything but, like, converting the person watching it. I don't think I've actually really seen any Christian movies. Really? I don't think I have. I Name know. one movie that you've seen that has Jesus in it. Okay, wait, no, I'll take that back. I have seen The Passion because I made a point to watch that. Mm-hmm. But I'm, is that a Christian movie, though? Jim Caviezel's in it, yes, I it would is. Think, yes, I, I would consider that, but I am I guess I was more talking about the, you know, like the God's Not Dead movies, War Room, Fireproof. No, no see, you, you mentioned, like, Christian movies, and, and what I think more of, I think of, like, uh, Ben-Hur, where you have, I mean, it's probably one of the best ones that I can think of. You know, you've got the Jesus thread through it. Um, yeah. I don't know. Ten Commandments is probably another one that I've actually seen just because we watched that growing up pretty much like every Easter. Which disappointingly doesn't follow the Bible. Yeah, because once I got older and read the Bible, I'm like, hey, why isn't Aaron talking for Moses? <laughs> That's true. Aaron's not really in that, is he? Yeah, you don't really see Aaron talking for Moses when it comes to accounts in Bible movies. He makes the calf, and I think that's about it. Well, in the New Exodus movies, not really around very much. I didn't see that. Oh, uh, is that the one with uh, Christian Bale? Yeah. And, uh, what's the who plays Aaron? It's is it literally a guy named Aaron? <laughs> That'd be pretty bad. Is. I think it's Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad. Hmm. Hey, he's in Kingsglaive. Yeah, he's in too. Now he's in everything. Yeah. Never mind. He's Joshua. They missed a perfectly uh, good opportunity there. Did anyone see that movie, The Exodus? I did. I didn't see it. Was it good? It's actually decent. Because that was done. Was that Ridley Scott that did that? It is Ridley Scott. Because I, I thought I heard that they were working on doing something about David next that he was going to be working on. Man, That'd funny. be nasty. So the Exodus movie is. As if they took the story and were trying to, they kind of went to this halfway house between it being specifically Christian or Jewish in nature and taking the claims of it seriously and like, kind of like, oh, well, Moses is probably some crazy dude from the desert. So it, it, doesn't, it doesn't like uh, super work out either way. Are we people, science. Are we allowed to kind of talk spoilers about this movie? I, well, the spoilers are in the Bible, so this you mean okay, like they part the sea? Well, I I've kind of heard something because I think my dad told me about this that there was oh, something no. weird where like was it like Moses ends up like talking to God, but it's actually a child he's talking to yeah, or something like he's that? Like a little boy. Like, yeah, that's fine. Well, I, I have no problem. Whatever. Now, would you consider Noah a Christian movie? I love that movie. Uh, I would say in the words of M. Joshua Collar, that it's a very distinctly Jewish movie. Because Fine. It's, it's definitely not... Okay, so let's let's assume you're looking at the story of Noah from a Christian perspective, right? Most people are going to see kind of like a Jesus thing in there. Mm -hmm. like the Noah story in the Noah movie does not care about that. It's more like in reinterpretation, like Torah style. Uh, let me, let me tell style. it. Let me tell it. Well, once upon a time, Russell Crowe is a Jedi. 
he didn't want his kids really to get married. And they all hopped on a boat and Cain ate all the dinosaurs. And then there was a fight over babies. And then the movie ended. Yeah, and there was rock monsters too, which is Yeah. Which was the best part of the whole movie. <laughs> and Anthony Hopkins <laughs> collects berries. And Hermione. It's, it's <laughs> it has it's it's a weird weird movie and well, I really liked it. Yeah. Well, when you take a move uh, a book in the Bible or a story from the Bible that's only a couple chapters and then try to make it two hours, it's going to have some liberty. Have Biblical to, fiction. They have to insert character motivation because it was when, excellent. When you read it in the scripture, right? Yeah. You get kind of the facts of these stories, but it's like one or two chapters out of the whole book of Genesis because the ultimate point isn't the individual story. It's like the whole book. Yeah. And I think that's where some people have issues with Christian movies that take this kind of stance because we want to look at the Bible and just whatever's in the Bible, that's what we want to take it. And when you start saying, be like, well, there's so much more that happened over these year times, we fill it in. You know, it's probably up to interpretation of what happened. And then people start getting mad because you're adding stuff to the story. Yeah. Well, you know what? People will probably get mad if all the movie was was like 30 minutes of blank screen and somebody reading from like a new <laughs> King James Bible because it wasn't the old King James Bible. That sounds amazing. We should was, probably do something like that. Yes. Like it wouldn't matter how, how they made it. If they made it next like, podcast. They tried to kowtow to Christians everywhere, right? <laughs> Somebody would be angry about it. So I, I like you have to have some kind of creative liberty and interpretations of how you think the story went to actually make stuff like that. So, so this is where we hit the junction where I have a problem with labeling something Christian. I'd much rather you just do something really well, you know, do it excellent. And, and not label yourself that. And it happens, if it happens to have a Jesus thread through it, then cool. You know, but I don't know why you have to label it. You know, that I'm a Christian. It's like you're marketing, you know, to a specific yeah. group. It's like, here's my, here's my sticker. You know, it says it's good. Yeah. It's like Christian approved. Jesus approved. Yeah. Jesus approved. It's like the Nintendo seal, but not. <laughs> well, when I started trying to write, even though I haven't done much lately, and I talked about that because I'm trying to, I'm not writing for a Christian thing and I'm still just trying to have it come through my, my writing Brandon? without being blatant. Why not Brandon? And, uh, just because of like everyone who's involved on the, the site that I'm writing for. I'm sorry. Like, it's not like we just don't want to put that in there, which, you know, that's fine. <laughs> I have other outlets. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> but, you know, someone said that if you, you know, you go in and you write like this positive way, you can still make it shine and show up in your writing without being blatant and having mm -hmm. like Jesus every other word. Like, and I, you can do that with stories too. I mean, you know, Lord of the Rings is one that people still want to look through. I mean, it's made by a Catholic writer, but he doesn't mention anything about it. Like he doesn't mention anything about Jesus or anything like that. And we all know that a uh, Tolkien hated allegory. Yeah, in all of its manifestations. Did he? Yeah. Yeah, he did. Did he? Oh, yeah. he. I think he went back and forth with C.S. Lewis about it because after he read, like, some of the Chronicles of Narnia, like, he's, he's not a fan of people projecting stuff, and uh, he thinks the story should just speak for itself. Lewis had no problem with that. I think that people, all good. Were, people were trying to interpret uh, Lord of the Rings as if it were an allegory regarding World War II. Yeah, because the dead marshes and everything. Yeah, which he right. found to be incredibly simplistic. 
I mean, obviously it's drawn from his personal experience in some way, but for him it's meant to just be a story in and of itself, and meaning can be derived from it without having it to, you know, aligned with actual history. Yeah, I think it's more of like wanting to project the good as good and bad as bad and be able to draw from that instead of being like, oh, this is, you know, talking about this situation in life or this situation in the Bible. Yeah, like today we'd probably say like, oh, Sauron is a racist. Hmm. Yeah, you could say that. Because that could be the other analogy is like you could sit there and talk, you know, the the armies of darkness, Mordor and everything like, oh, that's Germany. Yeah, Sauron hates diversity. Yeah. So bringing it back to video games, what's what's a game that you can think of that has a Jesus thread through it? You know, maybe you, it's not a labeled Christian game, but it has serious Christian themes to it. Oh, man, putting me on the spot, Brian. <sighs> and I, I can go first. Um, and you probably knew this one was coming, but have either of you guys played that dragon cancer? Uh, no, not yet. I have not. I don't think it was not marketed as a Christian game and yet deals very heavily with doubt and with faith and just these huge themes. And yet it wasn't marketed, you know, as a Christian game, you know, that this is for Christians. And so I think because of that, it had at least maybe a bigger impact than it would have, you know, had they gone with a smaller market. But that's that's yeah. what I think of. I mean, is, is there another game that you guys can think of that just has like Jesus elements in it? <sighs> yeah, hard one, huh? Man, it I didn't is. know I was gonna get jumped with this. I would have had something prepared. Yeah. <laughs> I can't think of any. I mean, like Legend of Zelda, right? Yeah. yeah. Do those? Do you think those have any Christian themes running through? They did originally when they had like the cross on the shield and everything like that. And, and Ganon being the Prince of Darkness. Yeah, and th there was artwork, I think, for one of the games too, <laughs> where it showed Link praying in a church with, like, I think, uh, Jesus Dragon on the cross. Christ. Yeah. Huh. But I know at that point in time, I think it's like what happened with Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy. Once stuff came over here, they took away all the religious symbolism in the game. Yeah, so so any, any games with so Christ characters in games? I mean, can you guys think of any? I think my, I came, I came with movies automatically. My theological well, opinions are so weird now that like I can't even think of one. It's Josh's. Fault, I, <laughs> I know one that pops in my head just because from the stuff I've read. I know Zach broke it down one time about how it, it. someone isn't isn't uh, Chrono Trigger. Yeah, really? I never That's finished that. Tell me. I've never finished it either. I know exactly what happens because it's been out for years and I've read a lot about it. But Brian is not going to finish Chrono Trigger and he wants me to give him spoilers, really? Come on, Zach. One but day we'll finish that. It's, it's, it's a short game. It's like 20 hours. <laughs> I know. I just need to finish it. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know what? I can spoil it for you if you really want. Fine. Okay, so like, I mean, uh, good. just in vague terms, like Chrono dies like halfway through the game. He what? He dies. What? Yeah. And then uh, you gotta huh. resurrect him using like a magic egg. <laughs> but he, he dies to save people. Yeah, wait, he wait. dies to save Did you save. say a magic yak? No, magic egg. A magic egg. Oh. Yeah. Oh. It makes sense. Because that makes sense. Yeah. A yak would make more sense too, but okay. It's a pretty shocking moment when he dies, but he does it because he's self sacrifice. There okay. Yeah, so he's like Optimus Prime. Yeah. Actually, if you like want to read more in depth about it, there's a great article on Theology Gaming 
There is an what? Yeah, it's, it's a couple it's a couple parts long. Zach did a good job. Are you serious? Yeah. Parts? Yeah, well, people don't read my multi-part articles usually, <laughs> but, but it's there. <laughs> oh, man. Does the Chrono Trigger take influence from Christianity? Because I don't know. One of those game theorist videos, mm. I don't really watch those, but I watched it and I was like, this is mm. very speculative at best. And <laughs> I decided I'm going to write a big old article. <laughs> but yeah, direct Jesus rep like influence or representation in games is hard to uh, pick out. Symphony of the Night has some. There you go. Yeah, well, it kind of has <laughs> direct like scripture references in it. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Where is it? It's uh, as a man gains a whole world, but loses his own soul, sort of thing. <laughs> Although that game doesn't really have much of a plot, so I don't know if that really yeah. counts. Well, that also just probably plays into more of the setting, the gothic architecture, and you got the crosses and everything. And then when the castle flips, they're upside down. Yeah. Now, Lucard's mother is killed because they think she's a witch, and you know, they kind of hang her on a cross. So, there you go. It works. And that's why crosses always work in Castlevania games. Is crosses are things that vampires can't really comprehend or understand. Because it's about mm -hmm. self-sacrifice and they're all about taking life rather than giving it. That's the only other game I can think of off the top of my head that maybe has some Christian themes. You know, yeah, maybe more of the bad side would be Bioshock Infinite. <laughs> Bioshock. Oh, Infinite with the baptism. So you're there. Yeah. I, you know, like... Video games like to take like specious parts of Christian <laughs> symbolism and throw them in there. Yeah, I don't, I don't buy that with Infinite at all. That was just, uh, it's just a layer that they he painted on Levine. He's like, why there we go? Looks good. Well, it's baptism. Comstock, isn't the Comstock thing like kind of a pro-America Christian cult sort of thing? Kind of. He kind of takes his own <laughs> liberty and kind of pretty much makes a cult. And I know like they worship like the founding fathers. Yeah, which is more like American exceptionalism than it is like Christianity. Yes. Yes, yes, it is. Mixed together. But mm -hmm. it's also kind of weird because you sit there and think about like, oh, they're talking about bad about all these things on Christianity, but there are people who go to those extremes who do things like that and believe and go off in different paths and create things like this. Like the idea of Comstock making something is actually not that far fetched because stuff like that's happened before. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's the one of my favorite video games. Bye. Yeah, Infinite. Infinite's great. Oh, yeah, Infinite's great. It's racist Disneyland. Okay, so should I play this? That's what Josh I, I would. The problem with the Infinite is that the shooting, it, it sucks in it. The actual gameplay mechanics, they kind of suck. I played it on easy. I had that, what was it? It was like Feast of Crows or something like that, yeah. where you send out a pack of murderous crows, and they just kill everything, and that's all I ever did. <laughs> oh, but, but, but the shooting in the game, I always felt like the enemies in it were real spongy, and they just absorbed everything. The skyhook's so really fun, though. Yeah. And that was fun. So, so I just backed down the difficulty, and I plowed through the story. And that's why I really like that game a lot. And it does. It, it does play with baptism a little bit and just the concept of choice, you know, and there being, you know, numerous realities and whatever else, you know. Um, but it's it's good. I do. I do recommend that. But maybe not as much. It's up there with The Last of Us also. Yeah. I, it still I, makes me smile whenever I think of the ending. It's sad. Like, those games came out the same year, uh, Last of Us and Bioshock Infinite. And I remember... 
I think that year Bioshock was probably my favorite game more than The Last of Us. I can see that. I love I love Infinite. That's the only Bioshock game I beat because that's the first one I played, and it's harder for me to go back and play the originals now. But after I was done with the game, that ending just stuck with me, and it kept getting bigger, and I just kept thinking about it yep. and just wanting to dive in deeper to it. Where when I was done with The Last of Us, I was like, well, that was a great game. <laughs> Liam Neeson the game how can you not like it you know what I mean yeah <laughs> Liam Neeson the game that's what I call it it's Liam Neeson the game it is the most confident game I've ever played yeah, Troy Baker's great in that game 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 made me laugh when all of a sudden it just faded to black and I'm like heck yeah and that was it I, I really I don't ever have to go back into that world I'm I'm done yeah but See, it's super uh, consistent right and there's no opening for a sequel and it should just be done well, yeah, I think they did that, too, with the DLC, which I'm going to play through hopefully later this year. Which one? Last of Us? Oh, we were talking Last of Us? I thought we were talking Bioshock still. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I haven't played any of the Infinite DLC. I was done after I was done with that game. I had to walk away. It's time. Yeah, because I want to play the DLC just to see more about Elizabeth, because I really enjoyed Elizabeth as a character. Disney princess. When, you, when you're talking about Talk Last about of Us, that. I like to think of things that... I liked a whole lot and then I watched in their entirety and they fully explored their themes and the things complete. And then that's it. That's, and that's how that game ends. It ends on such a final note yeah. and then it just yeah. smiles at you and you're like, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. That's it like does. so satisfying. Sicario. Yeah. That's yeah. like, I watched Sicario. That was exactly the same exact thing. Really? Like from beginning, like it was, a movie and it was engaging from the beginning mm. and then it was totally consistent with the themes and it ended exactly as those themes would play out and then that was it poof the end of the movie what's weird about the last of us is that i, I wouldn't say and, and other people may come and shoot me but um <laughs> I, I i wouldn't say that there's a jesus threat through that at all no um, nope because it it's i mean they're they're unredeemable characters doing horrific things you know, just to survive. That's kind of typical of the whole uh, genre or uh, zombie post-apocalypse uh, genre. Yeah. yeah, which which is what I think the is the Western genre um, of our day. You know, like 1950s, you think of the Westerns, you know, it was a big thing. We just like zombies now. They're exactly the same thing. But the thing I liked about The Last of Us is it puts you in positions like, yeah, these people are are bad doing Terrible. bad things but when things happen you if you put yourself in your position you really can't say if you do anything different yep give me a brick i'll just go bash some heads in that's exactly it especially like you know a lot of the killing that they are doing in the game is because it is for survival like yeah, if they don't do it they're true. gonna they're gonna die yeah it's true but they make you feel really bad for the characters like you can understand why joel is bitter and if something if you were joel you may be bitter too i'm bitter i'm I'm Liam, Liam Neeson. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I, I mean, I spoiled the game for myself, so I, I get it. It, it doesn't matter, yeah, Zach. I'm okay because the execution is going to make up for it. If it's, I'm telling you, I knew the ending, and I got to the ending, and I just went, yes. And that's the best playing probably Naughty Dog game. Like, better than Uncharted's. Is it better than Uncharted 4? Uh, I think... So I think probably... Yeah, that's probably true. Vortex. I don't oh, but me. you should play Uncharted 4 when you get a chance because that that is just great. I want to. Are you sure it's better than Jack 3? I've never played a Jack and Dexter. I've never played a Jack game. Tell me more. Are you sure it's better than Crash Bandicoot? I only played the first one. How about The Wrath of Cortex? 
No, Crash Team Racing. You know, I think most Naughty Dog games have aged pretty badly. That's probably true. I don't know. I played a... I played a... What was that? Crash Bandicoot, and I wasn't too fond of it. Like, you can tell it's old. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> well, I think that, like, the Jack 2 is still pretty good, but I wouldn't say, like, Jack... Jack 1 is just kind of like <laughs> Super Mario 64. Worst no. game ever. Uh, we're going to have to close this conversation now. Jack X Combat Racing 2? Holy crap. <laughs> really? Who played that? Combat Racing. I don't know. So so does Christianity work as a genre? Uh, I'm when it comes say- to books, when it comes to books, you would I would say yes. There's definitely Christian thought, you know, apologetics, whatnot. It works as a genre there. Those are kind of genres in themselves, though. Okay. Okay. Yeah, are we to that way? Like are we talking fiction a, or nonfiction? Yeah. Amish fiction, man. That's the only type there is. When you go to a bookstore, right? There's like <laughs> yeah. a separate theology <laughs> section, but usually that section is devoted to like Catholic yeah. stuff. With Amish romance books. Yeah. But come know, on, I guess. Amish romance books. I guess that's, that's what most Christian fiction is. I guess I'm just more thinking about like you know for like. The fiction, like how would you put? So, where would we would we put uh, Chronicles of Narnia in Christian? Oh man, Amish romance is a real thing. Is it really? Oh, it is. Man. I get. Thank you. There's, there's, yeah, yeah. There you go. It's a it's romantic subgenre of Christian fiction, which apparently thank is a you featuring mm-hmm. Amish characters, but written and read mostly by evangelical Christian women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so is that like their Fifty Shades of Grey? It, it might be. For Amish romance novels is. Bonnet rippers. <laughs> <laughs> and you just learned a new term. Uh, oh, uh, that's a great night. Because most <laughs> w- feature a woman with a bonnet on the cover. <sighs> so we absolutely failed on finding Jesus threads in video games. <laughs> Pretty much. Welcome to Theology Gaming. See, podcast. I bet you if, well, if we had Mr. M. Josh here, he would have. I have like four years of articles devoted to this. I think you just see more just themes and bits and pieces spread out in characters, like just showing up in a game in certain spots more than just throughout a whole game. Yeah, and Good. also it's hard because uh, games are different than stories necessarily. I mean, like, are they? Last of Us is just like, it is a story, right? And the game kind of supplements the story. Liam Neeson, the game. Yeah, right. And, uh, and the gameplay is actually good in it too. Yeah, which is cool. But like mm-hmm. in Super Mario, whatever. What? Um, there's not really much plot going on. There's mostly like jumping, running, uh, hitting things on the head with your feet. And yeah. Trying not to die, which is like you can't really extrapolate themes from that. Or can you? You can extrapolate life lessons, things that you mm-hmm. can find from games, but it's not going to come in the straightforward way that you can do it when you like, oh, is this kind of like a Jesus thing? When you compare a story to another story, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's more complicated. So, Christian genre, is it just a marketing ploy? I would say, for the most part, yes. That's just my my conclusion as of right now. It could change in the future. I don't really know about ploy or just more of a way to just separate that's, it and that's slap not it on loaded there. at all. Come on. For like family friendly, like oh, this has got Christian on it. It should be okay to buy for my Christian kids. 
That's right. So, but I mean, even even think of the games like my son plays Minecraft heavily. You know, it, it has a lot of, um, you could say it has Christian themes in it, you know, uh, you know, creativity. God's all about creativity, right? Yes. Not a stretch. You know, you, um, the game I'm really want is the new Dragon Quest Builders game. Have you guys seen oh, that? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That seems like yeah. perfect for you in every way. Well, that game's all about restoration. It's about restoring a world. And I guess it's even all the way down to restoring um, the people have forgotten how to talk. Was it talk or they lost literacy? It was something like that. And so basically you are restoring an entire culture. And that's that's the theme of the oh. entire game. I guess it's it's actually a little heavy. Oh, it sounds uh, very anti-Christian. You're restoring the Tower of Babel. Really? Burn it, burn it Brian. Burn it. <laughs> you know, in, in the Minecraft... I reviewed a Minecraft Bible, what, a month ago? And one of the inserts in that book, it was at the bottom, they suggested that you build the Tower of Babel in Minecraft. And I had I had a friend, I showed my friend this Bible, and I'm like, here, you know, check this out. And he got to the bottom of there, and he saw, you know, that, that was one of their examples of, you know, building in the game. And he's like, I think they've missed the entire point of that. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're not supposed to build the Tower of Babel. No, no, no. But kids, you should yeah. do that. Yeah. That is so nonsensical. I do that in Minecraft. I like building gigantic towers straight up, and I take buckets of lava, and I stick them on the top, and you have these huge lava waterfalls that just descend from the heavens down upon the land and burn everything. It's awesome. My wife hates playing Minecraft with me because I get really ADD, and then she'll just average. kick me out of the room. <laughs> it's taken over our house, so I'm I'm biased. I don't play any Minecraft at all. Yeah, you should change that. No, I'm playing I mean, World of Warcraft. Yeah. I mean, if we're talking about Christian games, I don't even really think I've ever really played a Christian game. Yeah, because really? they, they are very far and few between. And I brought this up on a comment in one of the threads earlier this week or late last week where I was talking about the Christian genre thing again. And I was talking about how they need to be able to market and make a product comparable to something out there to make people at least want to play it. And it's hard for them to do because being such a niche genre, they got smaller teams, smaller income, you know, it's harder for them. It's fighting an uphill battle. So what does that look like though for you, Brandon? I mean, what, what would a Christian game look like to you? I guess the only ones that I can probably really think of are like, what is it? The five armies, five, uh, huh. um, Five what, one. Else? what else is there? See, that's like I don't even know too much. It was Dropsy one. Yeah, Dropsy. Counts. I don't think so. Does does it? Kind of. Was it marketed that way at all? No. No. It may have themes in it, yeah. but it is not a Christian game. It is made by a Christian. Yes, just like but not a Christian game. Release is kind of. Yeah. No, no, that's marketed as a Christian hip hop RPG. Okay, so it is uh, specifically. Yeah, very, very specific. See, and that's the thing is like you know being tiny, is, there's not very many out there. The only ones I really hear about are like the really old Nintendo games and stuff like that, which don't count. <laughs> Man, <laughs> they don't. They don't count. Down, Brian. Man, yeah, there's no Exodus for you. <laughs> Now, I, I did see an interesting board game when I went to Gen Con a couple weeks ago. I think it was like, 
I didn't play it, but someone else bought it and played it. It's called Commissioned, and it's, you know, back in the ancient times, and, and you actually have to go out and build churches and everything, and I think keep them up and going. We've been commissioned. Let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, How did it play? Did you play it? I did not get to play it. Okay. But I saw it, and I thought that was an interesting idea. I'm like, oh, that's a cool idea. So I don't know if it's anything like Settlers of Catan or anything. Like, you just got to go out and, like, build in, like, certain areas and do things or not. But it was nice to see something like that, even if I didn't play. It's like, oh, that's a cool idea for a game. Like, I thought it'd be a cool idea for a game. And I don't know if I heard this somewhere else. But of, like, you have to last, like, 40 years out in the desert in your Moses. And you got to, like, manage all the stuff for the... The Israelites, like you got to go out and you got to collect your mana. You got to do all this stuff, like move around and your goals to last the whole 40 years. And, and at the end of it, God takes you up to a mountain and he's like, hey, that's the promised land. You're, You're, not, go going in. Yeah. You're not going now. And then the game ends. Yeah. You got to smite. You got to smite the rock <laughs> when he told you to speak to it. <laughs> I just I'm trying to imagine a flannel board like that. <laughs> flannel board. You know what I mean? Here's Moses. He's up there, and God's like, "Hey, you could have this, but no, no so candy about, for you." What about El Shaddai? What is that considered? That's an Amy Grant song, top notch. Uh, ah, okay. So. I, I have no opinion on El Shaddai, Zach. Uh, I hate it. I didn't get on that train at all. <laughs> I don't know. People are like, "Yeah, it's so good." It's like, nah, whatever. One star out of five. It has like the world's most boring combat system, and. Uh, and then it has a bunch of references to the Book of Enoch. It's like, huh, whatever. Amen. Rock monsters forever. So do people consider the Book of Enoch like good to read, even though it's not part of the canon? It's not fun to read. I'll tell you that much. Most ancient so literature is not fun to read. So it's not like the Maccabees or something like that, which are, you know, they're somewhat interesting. Uh, it It is interesting, but it's like, it's really long. Are there dragons in it? That'd make it better. It's like I've noticed reading in more commentaries now how many people like kind of go back and look at the Apocrypha too and like quote and look at things in there. And I've been wondering if I should go and read those at some point just for the heck of it. It's, it's you know, when you're reading ancient literature, like stuff like the Book of the Watchers. and I mean, Enoch is like 108 chapters long. It's so long. That is long. Yeah, and it's also not canon, which... <laughs> Like, when you're reading canon, you go, okay, well, I'm going to read through First and Second Chronicles. Like, I'm willing <laughs> to go through this. Something important's here, right? But if it's outside, it's like, oh, man, I don't know if I could struggle through this stuff. Do you think there are people that make the mistake of making those things canon? No, not at all. If you read it, you would know. <laughs> <laughs> it's bizarre, and yeah, if you play the game, you pretty much mm. got the gist of it. Don't they use a lot of things like for like Enochian talk and Bayonetta? And then angels transform into weird fish monsters. I don't even know what's going on in that game. Is that what it was? Was it using like stuff from the book of Enoch and for Lucifer, like their spells like, and stuff? Lucifer wears a suit and he like calls God on his cell phone. He's like, hey God, how you doing? What's up? What? Yeah. What's up? Weird, man. <laughs> Br Brandon, if you could ever take a class that goes over the intertestamental period. Yeah, um, you know, 400 years of silence, you know, between the Old Testament and the New Testament. If you could take a class on that, they typically explore a lot of the um, apocryphal books. 
Yeah, I, I took a class in college on that. It was really good. Yeah, they're interesting <laughs> to know about, but they're not interesting yeah. to read. No. If that makes, yeah, that's that's more of how I mm. would pose it. it like yeah. reading like pseudepigrapha and apocrypha and all this other stuff. It's it's weird. Well, well, technically, the apocrypha that we're talking about is the deuterocanonical books of Catholic theology. Yeah. Which means they're like a secondary canon. Or at least they're supposed to be. I mean, over time, it's just kind of all mixed together. But just no gunpowder; it's gunpowder. Yeah. Because <laughs> they actually put the apocrypha in the Catholic Bible, don't they? Uh, yeah. It's just kind of inserted in there because a lot of what's the apocrypha is just like extra books added into other books. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, well, Tobit's separate, but stuff like. Um, there's something in Solomon. It's like a yeah. Esdras. That's a different book. There's one about like King Solomon and a dragon or something. That sounds good. See, there's dragons. Yeah. So I was, I guess, kind of right because Enochian is the name of the occult language that is used predominantly in the by the supernatural beings in Bayonetta. <laughs> that game's from the devil, so yeah. you should know that. Yeah, it is an actual yeah. real world language. Don't ever play it. Uh, plenty of people have emailed me yeah. about it. You know what? If you don't want to play it, don't play it. That's I'm going to email you right now. Please yeah, move it, moving so along now. Emails about Bayonetta. It's just like from guys. from you, the devil. You sound tired. Oh, guys, <laughs> just when you say that, guys, if you don't want to play it, don't play it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the answer. So, so Christianity as a genre, we've put that thing. It's dead. Yeah, it's, it's a dead horse now. It's on the ground. Now let's talk about leave it there. a live horse that people also want dead. Okay. It's no Man's called, Sky. It's called No Man's Sky. <laughs> Let me load up my shotgun here. Burn it. So to quickly recap for anybody who's not familiar, No Man's Sky is a procedurally generated open world sandbox space travel game, which was God, I'm getting massively tired. overhyped. And then a bunch of people bought it and said, hey, there's no game here. Destiny syndrome. Yeah. And uh, what? Wait, what was that? Hmm? I don't think well, it's, uh, well, Destiny did deliver on its premise, which is Halo MMO. And has very tight gameplay mechanics. So, but I think both of them were really hurt by the overhype machine, though. Really? Especially, especially initial. I remember Destiny getting a lot of flack when it initially came out. I think No Man's Sky gets flack because there's really not a game there. Yeah, but people kind of had to know that, right? No, I mean math. No, they didn't. I mean, no. they, you're just gonna go out and explore. I thought that's all the game was, and I mean, I didn't really Survival. follow it, but. Did yeah. You, did you watch that like first trailer that came out? You mean the one that they show with the Jurassic Park music, uh, and then they show it to by today's? It seriously <laughs> made it look like it was going to be the game to end all games. You know. Now remember when they go to those planets and everything back in 2014? There's 18 quintillion planets, so you're bound to run into a bunch of duds before you get to that planet. Yeah, and then they were like, "Oh, there'll be multiplayer, and there'll be so many interesting things to do." And then it turns out there's like not very much that's interesting to do. So, just, so here's the question. Do, do you guys actually care about this? I don't. No. Okay. So what have you guys been playing? <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't care about the fact that people want to return this thing? It's Not funny. at all. Not at all. That's between them and the publisher and whatever else. I don't really care. And I guess the guy was kind of mean when he's like... Do you guys remember trying to return stuff to Blockbuster? Good luck. Yeah, it's not going to happen. No, nope. I, I, never, I never went to Blockbuster. Also, what? here's... Here's what you should do as a consumer. Too high dollar. Here's what you should do as a consumer. You buy something. You should go, do I really want to buy this? Yeah. Second. Got to weigh it. Second oh. is hype 
overtaking my ability to make a rational judgment here. If it's doing that, you have issues. Yeah. Three, is there anything in this game that I actually want to buy? And then yes. after that, make your decision. Because that's exactly what I did with No Man's Sky and said, wow, this seems like all the things in games I hate. So I didn't can, buy it. Can I add another one? Sure. Buy the game used because you get seven days to take it back if you don't like it. <laughs> Do that. Don't buy it digitally. Actually, that's that's number one. If you yeah. are buying a game you're unsure about, takes up hard drive space. Don't buy it digitally because getting returns is a pain. Yes. If you buy from GameStop, though, different. Yeah. You just make sure you buy a game brand new that you really want it, but you also got to leave that room that you might be upset. <laughs> okay. So lightning round here, yeah? Lightning round. Name name a game that you're playing. Talk about a game that you're playing that has an interesting mechanic in it. And talk about the mechanic. Ooh. Hmm. Ooh. Something that stands out. You're like, this game does this really well. Okay. Uh, I was playing Secret of Monkey Island, the remaster one. I'm sorry. <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? Lucas Arts graphic adventure games are terrible. Okay, so let's assume they are terrible. Let's. It took me a decade to figure that out, to, but go to, ahead. To move on from the fact go that they're terrible, yeah. and that I have no idea how to figure out logic puzzles, and I I don't know. Um, so what does it do well? There is an interesting thing that it did with the sword fighting, quote unquote, mechanic. Uh, you're supposed to learn how to sword fight to fight the sword masters so you can become a pirate, which is yeah. one of the three trials to become a pirate. Makes sense. Oh, but, but one of them is. Um, Basically, you sword fight, but they didn't know how to like integrate sword fighting into an adventure game from the mm -hmm. 1990s. So what mm -hmm. they did instead was like, well, sword fighting, you have fighting to learn good insults. So yeah, what you do is you kind of wander around on a map and quote-unquote fight pirates, but you have Arr. to figure out the right insults to give them and the right retorts to give them to win any of the fencing matches you're in. What's wrong with that? dialogue trees they're fun yeah no it's really yes. interesting though the way they do it because like it's a huge list of different insults and retorts it's like 12 yeah. or 15 deep that's what the dial that's what the uh walkthroughs for right well I one use it like choice five yeah good huh. this is fun mm -hmm. yeah but it was just cool <laughs> it, was, it was just cool because it was something different like it wasn't like figure out that you have to give the goblin the red herring at the <laughs> You have to give him the red fish, which is actually a red herring, to get past yeah, it. Yeah, that, that makes really sense. Cold. It's yeah, or you have to wear a bucket on your head to go in a cannon. I mean, that's like this. This is much more interesting, which is figuring <laughs> out pirate insults. So you're liking this? I think the game is funny. I don't find any of the progression in the game interesting. I find the logic puzzles insane. I I'm surprised you're playing solve. it. I don't know how to solve anything. <laughs> <laughs> huh? I'm so bad at it. Like, you, I would sit there for hours just looking at things. Hmm. Hmm. What about you, Brandon? Are you uh, are you verbally uh, sparring with pirates? No, I am shooting them with missiles in Super really? Metroid. Super Metroid. Yeah. yeah. So sweet. It's I'm, super good. Yeah, yeah, I am very late to the or party on this one. Is it? But... I guess probably the best mechanic in this one, even though I don't really know if it's a mechanic, but the exploration in that game is just phenomenal. Like it just makes me want to keep going. Like, and that's something that Metroid prime did not do for me at all. Like Metroid prime. 
I think bores me. Is it because of the first person stuff? I don't know. I guess I just don't really find the game that appealing with the backtracking, but when it's in the 2D form of Super Metroid, I just want to keep playing. So you would say that Metroid Prime is like your Mario 64 to me. It's just, it's not good. It very, it very well could be. I have the trilogy. I'd hope to beat them all at one point, but we'll see. So Three's pretty entertaining. Okay. Do, do you like FPS games at all? Yes. Okay. I'm just curious. Pew, pew, pew. I, I would say I don't like <clears throat> FPS games, and I like Metroid Prime. So See, and I've tried Metroid Prime a couple times because I think I had it when it first came out. And even like back in the day, I was still like big into Halo and stuff like that. But I just... I think I kept finding it boring to have to go this and then backtrack and then just keep doing that in that 3D world, which I didn't really find interesting, but I just want playing the second game because the second. What are you playing it on? Nope. Nope. I just remember at least the first one for a little bit. I remember getting the morph ball because I've never tried the second one. Which what console? Which console for Super Metroid? No, no, no. Uh, Prime. Prime, I played it on the GameCube, and the, I'm playing it on the Wii U. Okay, because it's all about that WaveBird controller. Yes. <laughs> I, is, the WaveBird is, is a great controller. Yeah, yeah. It makes Prime an amazing game. So it is actually amazing. kind of fun on the Wii because it gives you that Wii. fun that fun first-person shooting. Yeah, which kind <laughs> of balances it a little bit. Not as much as uh, Resident Evil 4. Yeah, see, I, the motion controls added to games that aren't designed around it are strange. It made Resident Evil 4 really, really easy. <laughs> I like it. I like the lock like on the lock. on the GameCube version because it's snappy. Like, you're not, it's clearly the way the game was designed to be played. Like, you lock on something and then you strafe around it. But, like, when you have the, the Wii mode, it's just like too much crap going on. I, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just surprised with this good as the metroid games are even like the primes which were pretty much well received that they're just sitting on this franchise besides federation but i don't think people want to talk about that well it's mostly because the games don't sell as well as the critical reception indicates i'd play federation if, if i had to play like don't sell at all in japan do you think if they made another 2d one like super metroid it would sell yes it would sell but it wouldn't be in the numbers that people think it's kind of Correct. like one of those games that's a cult favorite among Nintendo enthusiasts, but it's actually not as popular as you'd think it would be. So is that like probably right up there with like the F-Zeros and Star Foxes? Yeah, well, Star Fox only comes out when Nintendo's like, they have an interesting mechanic to mess around with. Yeah, like that's a mistake. Just, Metroid seems to be kind of the same way now. I mean, the last one that came out that was new. Zero Mission. Was Other M? I was going to say, Zero Mission's just redone of the first one, isn't it? Yeah, it's so good. Game. It's really good, though. So good. I really like Other M. I know most people hate it, but... I hear it's not as bad as what it's made out to be. It's Ninja Gaiden with Metroid. It's like five bucks, Brandon, if you can find it. It's seriously good. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's sad. Is it one of those that people would have liked more if it wasn't named Metroid? Uh, No. You know what? It really does play like a kind of weird two and a half D version of Super Metroid. Yep. Yep. <laughs> like, because parts of it are side scrolling, and then other parts of it are kind of semi three D, and it somehow does work. But it is neat. Isn't the worst part about those people didn't like the way that Samus was presented in the game and the way that she talked and her character? Yeah. 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 It was like, who cares? Honestly, I, who the heck didn't is matter. Metroid for the plot anyway? Me. Really? 
No. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. Who Who's ever playing a Metroid game for this, like, overarching story universe thing? I don't understand this. Hey, Metroid Prime was Dark Souls before Dark Souls. Why? It's Dark Souls beans. You know, not Why? everything is Dark Souls. Well, hey, think about it. They don't really give you anything, like, overall. You have to go and you have to find all this stuff and read about it to see what's going on. Yeah, but you don't immediately die. <laughs> well, that, well, that's true. <laughs> it was, if it were Dark Souls, you probably the first enemy would kill you. Yeah, I'm talking at least by the lore mechanic. <laughs> yeah, no, the scanning and stuff is cool, but like, it doesn't really have a story like in the traditional sense. Like, what's the story of Metroid? Like, kill Mother Brain half the time, or kill walk around Metroid. space in a really cool suit. Yeah, yeah. Well, and space pirates—they're stealing stuff. And Whatever. Then, the guy who's in, you know, it's the same thing happened to Zelda, right? They put a guy in charge of it, and he's like, I want to expand the universe of this magical world. And then they have this convoluted timeline that no one will ever be able to figure out. I have a real hard time connecting with that series. What, Zelda? Zelda? Yeah, it's one of those that I always, it, like, it sounds cool and it looks cool, and then I go to play it, and I'm like, no. Yeah, hmm. no, I understand, because this has happened to me in recent time, especially Skyward Sword. Oh, God. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't do that. It it was a neat concept. It is I'm right. That's where it ended. I'm right at the very end of it, and it it was way too long. It's yeah, like seventy hours. It's so long. And there's only three areas that you just keep going back to. Nope. Oh, nope. 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 And then they have a whole sky world with nothing interesting to do. <laughs> yep. Nope. Done. Now Twilight Princess. That's a game. I quit. Twilight Princess is pretty good, but you gotta like suffer through five hour tutorial, and then um, there's a lot of mini game stuff. Yes. It's all about Wind Waker. I really enjoyed Wind, Wind Waker. Wind it's my favorite. Pretty good. The problem with it yep. is that it's unfinished. You know. And also, scrolling yeah. takes too long. It's the best one. That's why you play the Wii U version when everything's better. Me. Now all this talk is making me think that maybe Ocarina is the best 3D Zelda, or Majora's Mask. I don't know which one. I don't know. I have yet to be Majora's Mask. That's probably Majora's Mask. <laughs> I find that game hard. <laughs> it is hard. That's what makes it mm -hmm. interesting for a Zelda game. It has a neat tone to it, though. Yeah. It does. It's the most unique one, I think. I need to get that on my 3DS. It's weird and unsettling. It is, which is weird for a Nintendo first-party game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, Bloodborne is kind of weird and unsettling. It's kind of like the oh, Bloodborne like the blood of... Oh, God. Well, not Brian's not going to play it now. I quit. I'm done. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, everything must be related to Souls, Brian. We can't help. Ourselves. I may have uninstalled that. It's gone. No, it was so much hey, fun. Me, me too, Brian. So yeah, he, so, he traded in. It was so creepy to him. I wish I could in. have. Yes. He so we, it, but I told him we no. shot the horse yeah. of Christian we, genres. It's it, dead. It wasn't as bad as The Witcher Three. When I was like playing The Witcher Three, I'm like, man. I was more comfortable playing Bloodborne. Yeah, that's because Bloodborne doesn't like go, hey man, let's sacrifice some babies. Yeah, it was. Whoa. I was. Whoa. I was all sitting there, I was like, all oh, right, I'm gonna play this game that's got lots of boobs in it, and I'm not gonna look at it, and I'm gonna be okay to play it. And then there's sacrifices, and I'm like, I'm done. And Brandon's like, nope, 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 nope. Yeah, not in my house. Yeah. Nay. Well, I'm sure it's good. It's just not your thing. Like, not you know, my. For me, I would just hate The Witcher because I would just hate how clunky the combat was. It would drive me nuts. The combat wasn't as 
bad as what I thought it was. It's kind of Assassin's Creed and Arkham like a little bit. Greatest game ever. Every oh. time you play one, you play win them. Which one? No, I'm talking to Brian. But Assassin's, Creed? Assassin's Creed. I haven't finished one since Revelation. You like oh. play ten hours and then you're like, it's the best. And then ten hours later, you're like, I quit. Hey, that's okay. how I. That's I've how only I beaten three of them. Which ones? Uh, the Ezio trilogy, and that's to me. After that, they, they've just kind of sucked since then. Yeah, those is like the three <laughs> I beat, and then I beat the first one, which. That's more like suffering, yeah. and then uh, then I beat the third one, which I hated with all of my heart. Yeah, I enjoyed I, the time I put in the Black Flag. Is it? Yeah, it's it's not a bad game. It's just not an Assassin's Creed game. No, and it's there's just so much to do. And when I get to an island and I see all these markers pop up, I have nope, to do everything done. and clear it out. Yeah, and it's Kleptomania Paradise. Yeah, it just that open worldness just got to me and it's like i'm done with this universe for now i have i have sin, uh, syndicate sitting here and i liked the intro it it was like an amazing first date and then i haven't picked it back up That's i think why I've never picked up another assassin's creed game since 3 <laughs> i think I the know. assassin's creed games are what i don't like about open world games eh, it depends on the day you mean like an endless list of useless tasks yes Go get feathers. Check. It's Banjo Kazooie for the modern world. I was gonna say, let's, they're jiggies all over again. They're literally they're, jiggies. They're, they're, they're like feathers or like you know stuff for your base. It's all the same thing. There's way too much going on in that game. Yeah, no. Yeah. It's gonna be just like ukulele. I'm not even interested in that. That game looks lifeless. It looks like a rare game from the late 1990s. Shoot me, Jet Force Gemini. <laughs> that we just all super clunk. We need Conquer. Yeah, yeah uh, you know, Conquer is—it's uh, kind of a weird case. I really like Conquer's Bad Fur Day, but I think they it's redid weird. it on the 360, right? I played. Uh, no, there was an Xbox. Yeah, yeah regular yeah. Xbox. Yeah. regular Xbox. Okay. It looks as good as a 360 game, though. Like, yeah, it looked bad. It looked really good. I think people are still upset because I think they edited some stuff. Which is weird. Yeah, they bleeped out words, which makes no sense because Xbox was priming it as the adult console. I and and Nintendo let it fly. Yeah, which no, <laughs> it's who the heck knows. Mm. <laughs> but anyway, it's it's uh, it's not really a platformer. It's more like a collection of mini games again. But they're interesting mini games. Yes, like fighting a big pile of poo. Yeah, which is super the best. Which sings opera. <laughs> Zach's favorite part. At one point. I think you don't really need to play Conquer's Bad Fur Day, but it's fun to watch like a Let's Play uh, with no commentary. Yeah. Well, if you got an Xbox One, you can play it. I think that's about the only normal way to play it now. Oh, yeah, because you got the rare uh, replay. Yeah, but it's only the original one. It's not the, the new one. It's not the Xbox One. Which is good because then it's unedited. Yeah, but it's bad because you don't have the uh, dual analog stick controls. Ugh. You gotta play like an N64 game. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. 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 No, see, I don't want to go back to C stick ever. Yeah. Not at no. C buttons. Yep. Nope. Yep. PlayStation Nintendo 64 games did not really age well. <laughs> nope. They did not. 64 games hurt my eyes. Uh oh. But the, when they redo them, like Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, like they're fantastic. Yeah, I believe that. 
because the gameplay was solid. Yeah, the graphics like it's they made everything so smooth and it's nice. Mm-hmm. I believe it. Very nice. That's why it's hard to hit on Nintendo because when they do stuff right, it's just so good. Yeah, but when they do things wrong, it's really wrong. Yeah. I mean, I've bought Super Metroid twice within the last year because I needed I wanted it on two different systems. <laughs> I bought Star Fox. I, can understand that. I bought the new Star Fox and I haven't touched it yet. You know, it might be best like that. I, but I want to. I want to try it. But everyone says the motion controls are terrible. Do you have to use motion controls, though? Uh, yes. See, that's the other thing. I don't think you should force people to use a gimmick. I know. <laughs> but, it's you know, Nintendo wants to try new stuff. I think that's why Star Fox games exist. Because otherwise they wouldn't be interesting without the gimmick attached. Hmm. I know that's a terrible thing to say, but... So if you so, think about it, right, Star Fox, the original, uh, exists primarily because they wanted to show the super graphic FX chip off, right? Was that the Mode 7? It's the, well, like the simple polygonal look that the original uh, Star Fox had. Uh, and then Star Fox 64 existed basically to sell everybody the idea of the Rumble Pack. So good. Which is like now ubiquitous. Every single controller yeah. has a rumble feature, pretty much. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, what, what? Dinosaur Planet. I actually like that game. Uh, see, but that's not really a Star Fox. That's Star Fox game. Zelda. That's called salvaging a dying project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then there's the Star Fox Assault, which is the weird Namco developed one. That was supposed to be good. It's, it's super iffy. <laughs> So hmm. it has a third-person shooting mode without dual analog stick controls. That's weird. And it does not work at all. And then you shoot giant bugs in it, which that's it's, it doesn't make any sense. And all right. So and then there's one tactics game on DS, which uses both screens. See, it uses the DS gimmick, right? That two screens. So, so if you were if you were to wrap a bow around this episode, what does that look like? I don't know what the bow looks like. Is it a Christian is it bow? Is it is it pink? Does it have <laughs> glitter on it? Uh, huh. <laughs> well, I'm just like, is it is it a Christian bow or do we go secular bow? Uh, there's a big difference. Very big difference. <laughs> I mean, it's like the plain red cups from Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> the plain red cup. Yeah. I mean, ruined Christmas. Yeah, you could have put Christ back in Christmas. Ruined yeah. mine. <laughs> Won't go there again. <laughs> that and Target. I'm You're done with that. Jesus coffee. Yeah. Hmm. So I guess what? Thank we you. just say we're on the fence about so our weird... labeling yourself Christian? <laughs> I don't know. If we're Red the cups. Fence. They're bad. I think it's more that uh, Christianity should never be used as a marketing term. Okay, and that seems like a good lesson to learn. Because what it does is isolate the potential audience. And always wash your hands after you go to the bathroom. Yeah, and it does also it... justifies the fact that you're a derivative and not making anything new because you're selling just to Christians. Do you think it's kind of like not the point to be going out there and just pointing at your probably being like, look, this is Christian? Yeah. I think U2 is a good example of this. I mean they're technically a Christian band, more like Ugh. a Catholic band. Ugh. Okay, well, your hatred of you two is apparent. 
So terrible. They're okay. Terrible. They made one good album. Mario 64. Joshua Tree. Uh, music. Yeah, the Joshua Tree. There you go. They made one good album. The rest of the albums, the streets, I don't know. Where the streets have know. no names. Sorry, one, go ahead. And then they made one song. It's a beautiful day. Yeah. Over and over again. Because, yeah. I mean, it that goes was. with the thing. We shouldn't really be, you know, out there probably yelling that oh, look, this is Christian or we're Christian. Shouldn't we let that more speak through our actions and talking? Yeah, I think that's more yeah. of attitude towards it. Yeah. <laughs> I've watched plenty of bad Christian films because I've been part of Christian film yeah. festivals. And I can tell you, those movies, they are, they are not good. That sounds terrible. <laughs> I've watched several movies related to the Book of Revelation, and none of them have been good. Yeah. They needed George Lucas. That was the problem. I want to see that Christian. Liam Neeson could have. Don't say such things. (laughs) I want to see the Christian horror movie. What is it like the remaining or whatever it is with Liam Neeson? Yeah, it might be. That sounds terrible. Yep. Make everything better. Rapture movies. I'm not going to talk about this. We got to wrap this up. (laughs) Rapture movies could be an entire podcast unto itself. Left behind. Oh, you mean with Nicolas Cage? Not touching that. I thought we were going to go with... Uh, How about the Jackman MP production? Revelation. Uh, <laughs> hey, I remember watching that late night on TV when I was younger. Revelation Revealed? Is that the name of the... Uh, I can't remember the name of the movie, but he was selling it one night. I remember watching it. It was creepy. Hmm. Interesting like all, times. All bad. They're like all bad. The remaining. Okay, that's what it's called. Yes. It's actually not supposed to be that bad. And I think it's an interesting concept. See, like, you can have a good movie, but it doesn't have to have, like, this. You don't have to slap Christian on it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or, like, say, I'm Kirk Cameron. I make Christian movies, sort of. Because he does. Yeah, I mean, it's. He's. I don't know about Kirk Cameron. Yeah. And that's not to take away from people out there making no. movies with the positive Christian thing. It's just whether or not. Because if you market it to Christians and you want to help other people, then other people really aren't going to go see if it has that Christian label on it. If they don't want to be forced into it. Yeah. It's not helping anybody. I mean. So is the Christian label helpful? Uh, it can be. If you are making something that is pretty much for Christians, but usually it's not really for Christians. It's for Christians who don't know anything. And then like it's made so general as to be non-specific. Mm-hmm. And then on the other hand, it's supposed to appeal to general audiences and then it doesn't. Mm-hmm. So nobody wins. Also, from what I heard, I don't know if you guys can attest this, that I've heard that with movies like God's Not Dead is that they stereotype people who aren't Christians like the way that Christians are stereotyped in movies in the secular side. Yeah, and they show like a 18-year-old kid beating a philosophy professor. That's like the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I should know. I went to school for philosophy. That would never happen. Did you try, to take, him, try to take him on and get beat down? He did. <laughs> no, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, it's no, not the way philosophy classes work. Yeah, it is. I've seen the movie. No, that see, that's the problem. Those people have never taken a an undergraduate <laughs> philosophy class in their lives. That is an inaccurate representation of it. But there's still good things that could be taken away from the movie. Like what? Like maybe the, the Duck I, Dynasty guys in there? Oh god. Newsboys? 
The Newsboys are in there? Well, they made the soundtrack. Which one? Tate okay. Newsboys? Yes. Okay, Tate Newsboys. Not the real ones. Yeah. Oh, you know, the got- Newsboys is like, hey, you can be a lead singer of a band if you want. But, but let's get real. They haven't been real since Take Me to Your Leader. That's when their lead singer quit. Was that before Love Liberty Disco? Yep, their lead singer quit. He had a drug problem. They just said that he was leaving to go do missions work, and then he was gone. Oh, he was the one that's an atheist. Uh, no, 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 no. John James. Oh, yeah. He, he, uh, I think he, maybe, I don't know. Anyways, he's in Australia. He's good. I read an article on him. Um, huh. And then their drummer took over singing, and he used to sing part-time. This is way out of my element right here. Totally welcome aboard. Welcome aboard to the CCM cult. Who was uh, Toby Mac a part of? DC Talk. Was he? Okay. Actually, I think uh, he's been a solo act longer than DC Talk was a band. Mm, yes. Is that accurate now? That sounds right. That but, but they're back together yeah, for they, a limited they, time. Only on, on a boat. <laughs> only yeah. We are DC Talk's a fine band. Like, they actually crossed over into like uh, mainstream radio, at least with one song. They're amazing. See, like, they're a good band. But, you know, they're kind of typecast as the Christian band because the lyrics and stuff. It's all good. Yeah. Anyway, it's a complicated issue, and we really didn't solve it. That's the answer. Yes. Yeah. And then, and then also, be careful with your new game purchases because you just might get duped. Yeah. Also, you know what? Don't buy something that people told you to buy. That's really the answer to this. Hype yeah. is the like, like Bloodborne. What? Oh, yeah. Look, it just makes all games less enjoyable. Burn. That's why you should always play games a year after they come out, so there's no expectation. That's true. That's why I'm still waiting to play Metal Gear Solid 5. Yeah. 15. Well, the complete edition's coming out, right? That's true. Well, I already had. I bought the game day one and I played it, but I'm waiting until my initial hype and disappointment with the game wears off. Yeah, seriously, you're going to enjoy it 100 times more than you would have otherwise. Yeah. Like, I had no hype for it, and I bought it like a month after it came out, and I enjoyed it a lot. Once I realize that it's not the Metal Gear Solid game I want and it's not ever going to be, I can go in there and probably enjoy it. Yeah, and then you can listen to me and Josh's uh, Metal Gear Solid Five podcast. Yes. Yeah. Cool. And and then it's I can be fun. done with the series. Yep. Yes. All right, we gotta wrap this up. Wrap, this up. Yeah. wrap it. All right. So let's get podcast. Hope you enjoy this. Was why you're more talking to you. It's also funny because we never introduced who we were. Oh, yeah, we didn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I guess we'll figure that out later. <laughs> yeah. One it's of us is Brandon, one of us is Brian, and the other one is Zach. Yes. You can guess. BBZ. <laughs> yes. BBZ. Oh, yeah. Or what was the new nickname you gave me like an hour and a half ago? Oh, oh God. I can't remember. It was a really long title. I have short term memory loss. It's all good. Oh, you are the master of relatively unimportant knowledge. Very true. <laughs> he can name almost every Megadeth album. Almost, except for the really bad one, which now I remember because it's really bad. It's Another so nail in the podcast coffin. Yeah, don't listen to Super Collider. Don't listen to Super Collider. That is our recommendation to you all. <laughs> yes. But hey, Dave Mustaine Christian. Yeah, he is. Although he also thinks the Illuminati is going to take over the world, so... I mean, because they are. Yeah. Have a good night, everybody. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, quick thing. Uh, 
join Theology Gaming University, our Facebook group, if you want to ask us questions. We have a Discord server. Hooray! Yeah! So we play games together. It's awesome. Uh, and uh, theologygaming.com is where you can find all sorts of stuff and content. And obviously, if you want to give us a five-star rating for this uh, totally awesome podcast, we'd love it. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want to tell other people about our podcast, that would be much appreciated. So I think that just about wraps it up. I think so. Okay. Good time. Well, I will talk to all of you later, and I will hopefully talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Adios. Help me. (laughs) Yes. <laughs>